Yeah. But it is a woman thing. Women apologize too much. Every time I write an, a work email, then I have to go back through and take out all the sorries. Because I do that. Sorry to bully. I don't have lots of sorries, but I definitely have them. I really, I'm just imagining how liberating it was to, for both of you to get rid of the hedges and the apologies and the, you know, hey, just deal with this. I'm away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's another one. The, so the sorries are obvious. I, I removed those, but the sneaky one is just. You know, I just wanted you to have a quick look at the just, you know. Oh, I do that. That's the sneaky I'm, apology, huh? That is the ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the ongoing one. That is the, and I keep beating it back, but it's like a weed. The just keeps coming back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's commit to a week without just. We hate just. No just. No more just. No yeah. just. No peace. No just. No peace. <laughs> No, just yes, peace is it. People are going to be like, what are these people on about? Welcome to We Hard Mop Jokes. I am Lalita. I'm the queer single mom by choice of a 14-year-old. And I'm Smita. I'm a married mom of two. And I met Lalita doing stand-up comedy. At the start of the pandemic, we were wondering, are other parents finding it as difficult as we do? And so we decided to ask some people that we really like talking to other comics. Today, we have a wonderful guest. I'm so excited to introduce her. Lisa Rothman. She's a mom, of course, a comedian, the writer and producer of several one-woman shows. And now with the pandemic, she's pivoted, as we all have, and she's doing an online show called Work From Home. We'll be talking to her in a little bit. But before that, as usual, we'll have one of our clips from her work. So this one's a little different from the other clips that we normally do where it's stand up. So I'm going to invite Lisa to introduce the clip herself. So for starters, Smita and Lalita, thank you so much for having me. And to all of you people listening to Mom Jokes, wherever you are, whatever state you are in, however much or as little focus you can bring to this, I'm so glad that you're tuning in also. So I do solo performance is a bit of an unusual art form. It's a different than stand-up comedy. It's like a play, but I do all the parts. And so in work from home, well, that's fun. WTF, get it, get it, get it. Yeah. Okay. I play all members of my family. So in the clips that you're going to be hearing, you're going to be hearing me being me. You're also going to be hearing me being my older son, Ezra. And you're going to hear me being my husband, Kevin, who has, uh, so when the pandemic started, um, he needed to work from home all of a sudden. He'd used, he's used to working at an office or firing up his laptop at a cafe. I'm guessing many of you listening can relate to that. And um, he decided we live in an 1,100 square foot house And he determined that the best place, the optimal place for his desk to go was in the hallway right in front of the bathroom door. So to just, and that's now been more than 14 months. He says that this is where his desk is going to stay. And this is a very challenging situation. But there are many, as I'm sure you know, there are many challenging situations that we've been dealing with with distance learning and with trying to work from home and all of a sudden all our new co-workers that are pets and plants and who knows what so that i think has given you enough context to understand what you're about to hear dad the biology teacher is using an app called discord <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Ezra, I can't help you with Discord. I'm dealing with Concur. <laughs> you gotta ask mom. Kevin, I can't. You said you'd help with the kids. Yeah, well, not when 95 people are waiting for me to teach them about collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> to me conflicts with what matters to somebody else. <laughs> well, Patrick, that's, that's what we're covering next. How do you find common ground? Oh, indeed. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Yay. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. It's, yeah, it's wonderful to have you. And we're so excited. So yeah, so you did. You do this one-woman show. You play all the parts. Um, how how did you get the inspiration for that? So I'd always dreamed of performing, but I couldn't quite figure out how to make it work for me. So in high school, maybe some of you did high school drama. I I really loved being on stage, but I was presenting other people's work as opposed to my own. Mm. So then I went to radio, where it's my writing but it goes out into the ether and there's no energy exchange that comes back. And then mm -hmm. I had my kids when I was in my 30s, and then we were in this sort of wasteland of no time to do anything, and it was mm -hmm. a very depressing time in my life when they were quite small. We have no way to relate to that at all, right, Lolita? Oh. <laughs> you're just, you're, you're enjoying every minute as everybody tells you to do it utterly. <laughs> utterly ridiculous like that is absurd that's such a violent thing to say to somebody oh be sure to enjoy every minute oh, oh my like, god. Oh, god it's ridiculous you know, anyway, i saw this uh, meme that was like you know hold them tight the days are long but the years are short and i felt personally attacked by that i was like no thank you meme stop that stop <laughs> that that's not safe not a safe zone because once you get the youngest one past that three mark you are emerging from the long dark tunnel that you have been in yeah. It is the promised land. This My promised epic. land just involves not wiping other people's butts. It's huge. It's a huge promised land. No, that is not a small thing. I mean, but soon, yeah, I mean, you're leaving the house with much less stuff. I mean, because up to this point, right, you've been like, uh, there was a point when my kids were, you know, four and two, where it felt like we could go on a week-long survivalist adventure every time we left the house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So I turned 40 and it was like, when I turned 40, that was when my kids hit the magic age of five and three. And all of a sudden I got my life back and I thought, okay, am I going to just stand up comedy? So I did some research. It wasn't quite my vibe. I tend to, I like to go, I like to go dark, but I also like to go deep. So I want to create a narrative arc in what I do. Wow. And I thought, you know, I'd always loved seeing shows at a theater called the Marsh Theater in San Francisco and Berkeley. And I thought, did they ever do classes? And lo and behold, they did. And I went to David Ford's class, who has done many, many solo shows. He's absolutely brilliant at it. And through that, I created my show Date Night at Pet Emergency. And then I created Dragon in the Drop-Off Lane. And then the pandemic started. And when I found myself in my backyard, in the dark with a headlamp on my head, scrubbing down a pineapple because that's how we thought we were going to protect ourselves from getting COVID. Oh, yeah, in the many days. I thought, this is 100% absurd. 
And in the middle of all this horror and in the middle of so many people struggling to pay their mortgage and their rent and get basic food because everything got upended, I thought, why don't I use online? Why don't I use Zoom to tell stories and raise money? And so that's what I started to do. And lo and behold, it became something that I'm calling the virtual happy hour. And this edition features my farce, work from home while that's fun where people get to come and laugh and relax and share, gosh, what the heck have we been going through at the same time that I tell the story of what I've been going through with my family, Mm -hmm. with all four of us at my husband's desk in the hallway right in front of the bathroom door. But I wanted to check in about that scrubbing the pineapple thing. So anybody else here did that vegetable? I I don't think I ever like soap soap scrub my vegetables but i definitely extra washed my hands and i i um i disinfected all surfaces at all times like i would you know um what's that called clorox wipe my phone on a regular basis and i would sometimes think like we haven't been out of the house for five days so why am i doing this but it just felt smart yeah yeah as opposed to any at other any other point it would have been seen as obsessive compulsive disorder. But now <laughs> yeah. it seemed like, no, this is what I am doing to protect my family. I had these gloves in my car and I remember like I wore the gloves like as soon as I left the house, basically the gloves went on. Mm-hmm. Like we all looked like we were walking around in hazmat suits the whole time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 And my- I was afraid I was afraid that, you know, the plums were lethal. It was that was quite a time. Quite but it, a time. the thing is like, do, do people like change the gloves i feel like if they're wearing the same gloves again and again like is it actually as helpful as it is oh i had them though in i was like oh those are the gloves that i just do so i had them in rotation oh which i actually had experience doing because a few years ago my family was unfortunate enough to get scabies and you have to douse yourself in pesticides for weeks on end to get rid of them i mean it was very extreme. But who knew that would be a helpful warm-up exercise for what we were in, about to endure? This, yeah. you, I, I have never heard a situation, a situation that makes headlines seem benign. But you just described that situation. So I will tell you, my family has never gotten headlines. And I think it's because we're filthy. Because oh. I've heard that headlines are actually drawn to newly washed hair and since me and my family seem to be able to go without showering or washing our hair for months on end i think this is how we've protected ourselves that's very smart i used to think of of my house as a immunity um enhancement zone so if you were traveling (laughs) somewhere else you know just come and spend a few days with me and you'd be ready to go and and this service to the world i provided Mm -hmm. uh by doing if I say very little cleaning, I, that would be a, an understatement, but uh, or maybe an overstatement. But it's whenever. an exaggeration. It was like not very, that totally. Yes, and, and not just because our listeners know it's not that we're gross or anything. It's just that when I first moved to the states, I just felt like American, and they are American standards of hygiene are just very odd. I mean, everybody was forever bleaching everything and then the hand sanitizer. Of course, in COVID times, I had to come around to the hand sanitizer. It was very weird for me to be compulsively cleaning during COVID because but the love- only time I ever clean otherwise is when I have to write. And if there's any writers in the audience, they will understand all of a sudden it's like, what is going on? You know, that little place over there that I never see and nobody ever looks at. It becomes important because writing is while amazing and wonderful, so hard. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had Agreed. to light something recently and I vacuum packed and put away all my winter clothes. So. There you go. <laughs> but I love the rebrand of that. It's not that your house isn't tidy. It's that it's an immunity boosting environment. I love that. You I should, should market it. Trademark that immediately. Yeah, now on. somebody's doing it while they're listening to this podcast. Yeah. We're doing it as soon as we're done recording. It's yeah. done. So if there are any tech VCs out there, please contact us for this billion dollar idea. This could be as big as Marie Kondo. <gasps> oh my God. The opposite of Marie Kondo. Yes. If it doesn't spark. <laughs> But you know, I actually had this idea for a cleaning service. It's a pre-cleaning service because I don't know if you ever have this. Like when I know my cleaning lady is going to come, I get embarrassed and start cleaning my house in advance. So I'm like, this service would do that for you. They'll just get your house in good enough shape where you don't feel ashamed to show it to the, the official cleaning people. Exactly. It's for these people that show up that are not that intimidating. And what they put on their website is their sort of moderately messy house. So you then feel comfortable having them over because you're like oh they're not going to judge me yeah they've been very unintimidating websites it's like i i'd want to have a personal trainer in the gym like these super yeah. duper buff people i don't <laughs> want them anywhere near me oh you know once i went for a yoga class where the instructor was chugging monster like the energy drink during the set and i was like this seems very on yoga you know like you know um, right but then what is yoga I don't know, but Monster Energy Drink doesn't feel like it. No, that I have to agree with you on that. I mean, that's... I really like this question, Lalita, that you're raising. What is yoga? Because here in the United States, I mean, it's just been appropriated for so many, so many different things. But did either of you do... So did you do prenatal yoga? Did you do that? Pre and Lalita's post. Lalita's nodding. Smita, did you do... I tried and everything hurt too much, so I stopped. You just said bail. Okay, so but I did that, which was... I actually... That was nice. But then I was like, okay, I want to keep this going. I'm going to do mother-infant yoga. Yeah. Now, did you... Have you done mother-infant yoga? Oh, yeah. No, you did, Lalita. Okay. I don't know about you, but by the end of that class, I hated my baby. Yes. <laughs> And that was not the intent because like I was either feeding him, changing him or comforting him because let me tell you, infants do not feel all that secure in mother infant warrior pose. No, no, no. they don't. And so I just thought, you know, who came up with this idea? Somebody who made a lot of money. Probably. You know, not for me. I never went back. I thought that thing should be outlawed. Oh, like I like is. that. Yeah. See, we're rebranding everything in this episode. I love that. You know what my issue with prenatal yoga was, was that I remember, so I went for this thing and then after that we all sat in a circle and had a little chat and it was about building community. You. And people were like, oh, you know, any, any like physical stuff you want to talk about? And I was like, I don't know if I'll edit this out, but I was like, is anybody else experiencing excessive gas and flatulence? And the whole group was like, no. And I was so mortified, you know, because I, I really did have a lot during it. It was just. I was and, just you, and you put yourself out there like you took the community piece seriously and you exposed I did. yourself and they're like, no, we're perfect. What's your problem? <laughs> I do want to say, so earlier, Lisa, you mentioned um, people in different states. We actually have listeners in 29 different countries. 29 countries. Uh, and we have a particularly large 
following, I think is the right word in mm -hmm. India. Uh, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I just want to say hi. We love you. We heart you. Um, and sorry about the yoga. It's on behalf of all white oh, women. Yeah. I just want to say sorry about yoga. Sorry about um, yoga. Sorry about yoga pants. We should never have gone anywhere near it. I, it all of it. We apologize. So sorry. Please get all your mum friends to listen to our podcast. And also, please rate and review. Go to your podcast platform and give us however many stars is the maximum. No pressure, you know, but that would be nice, right? And so sorry. So sorry about cardio yoga. So sorry about that. Yoga. We have much to apologize for. Yeah. So we'll spend the rest of this uh, time just apologizing with a list of things. <laughs> yeah. But it is a woman thing. Women apologize too much. I even have a bit about it. Like, you know, I, I apologize too much. I'm at the level where I'm like, I'll say sorry after bumping into a mannequin level apologizing. So <laughs> I don't know if either of you have to do this. Every time I write an, a work email, I write it. Then I have to go back through and take out all the sorries because... I do that. Sorry to bully. I don't have lots of sorries, but I definitely have them, and uh, and I don't anymore. I I used to have you when you go on a, a vacation, and you, you but you're not American. You you're American. You don't know what that is, but that's uh, in Europe. Uh, we take three or four weeks away from work, and when we do that, we don't work. Uh, it's quite radical, but we say we are away from work, and now we don't work. Uh, so no. I used to have this very. Um, elaborate autoresponder. I was apologizing for the in inconvenience. I was giving all sorts of options that people who really needed to get hold of me, how they could do that. Um, and then I got an autoresponder from a colleague and it said, I'm away with my family right again in August. That was it. And I'm like, this is the best message ever. And so I've, I've made a modified, modified version of that. I, people don't have to write again. I will read their email once I get to it. But I will not, I don't apologize. I don't explain. I don't give options. And you know what? Nothing bad ever happens. It's actually okay to be away from work for a few weeks and nobody dies. If you're a surgeon, don't no. listen to, don't take my advice. <laughs> no. yep, people die. But everybody else, nobody dies. Wow. Lisa, um, are you, how are you doing with this? Because I feel I've just blown, you know, your minds. Well, see, I realize that I hardly ever have the autoresponder on because as an entrepreneur like i'm working yeah, yeah. pretty much all the time i really am available yeah. all the time it's definitely different if you're an entrepreneur yeah but boy i really i'm just imagining how liberating it was to for both of you to get rid of the hedges and the apologies and that you know hey just deal with this i'm away yeah yeah well there's another one the, so the sorries are obvious i i removed those but the sneaky one is just you know, I just wanted you to have a quick look at the just, you know. Oh, I do that. That's the sneaky I'm, apology, huh? Yeah. Or yeah. like trying to minimize and say my stuff is not as important. So I'm that one's mine. That is the ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the ongoing one. That is the, and I keep beating it back, but it's like a weed. The just keeps coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's commit to a week without just. We hate just. No just. No more just. No yeah. just. No peace. No just, no peace. <laughs> no just, yes, peace is it. People are going to be like, what are these people on about? Fuck you. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Sorry. So how old are your kids, Lisa? 
My kids are 12 and 15 and it is a miracle. You know, I talked about like when they're little, you, you leave with all the stuff and them, then they get older and then you can just leave without all the stuff. And then, oh my gosh, then you can just leave without them. Right. <laughs> what? I know. Smita, it is hard to imagine, but yes, you can just leave them at home. It is such a joy. It is such a joy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, you said, Lisa, that your kids were two and five or three and five um, when you were 40. And um, Smita, may yes. I reveal? Yes, I am almost going to be 25. And like, no I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say my age on this podcast, but let's say it's very similar. And I, I turned 40 this in my my son and I have the same birth month. The month that he turned one, I turned 40. So I had a massive party called the F word, first and 40th. Oh. Um, alcohol flowed freely. And, wow. uh, and we had like, I had a, like a musician for the kids and, and I just had wine for the parents. Our parents are much easier to entertain, like open this. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Although actually, you know, we got this jumpy house once. That was the best birthday mm -hmm. party ever. I don't think I saw my kids from the moment they woke up until they like basically, I think, collapsed in the jumpy house. I was like, God, maybe I should just get a jumpy house constantly. Right. Like, we should just purchase one. But then I thought, you know, they leak. I was just, I was like, you know, actually, I want someone else to maintain this thing. This seems more complicated than a pool. I'm not good with anything with the physical world. Like mm -hmm. origami was yeah. just an absolute horror to me and I would start fresh in the morning like we're gonna do this and then I was just crumpling paper and crying I feel yeah. like you're describing children though like they you know they're in the physical world they're definitely more complicated and they seem they leak um yeah. and it's much easier if somebody else just take care of them right and so then if the backup though which is me and my husband are trying to help like it's just and neither of us is good with the physical world once i remember it was a three-day weekend and we just installed this carport door thing and like the motor for it which was suspended all of a sudden like we heard this clunk and it had come off and we we were outside just preemptively screaming at each other and fortunately our neighbor said can I be of some assistance because he overheard us just yelling and we're like yes please when it comes to you know, fixing fixing the toy and the toy that breaks and oh just setting up setting up those things setting up the crib setting up the strollers and and you're just sitting there with the directions and we were we were utterly we had to bring friends over to help because we just we couldn't figure any of it out yeah although i feel like i uh there's like some pun here where like for paper planes i find that winging it really works because <laughs> you know like coming like getting into paper planes uh, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to learn all these techniques. And then I realized I just have to keep folding things symmetrically and being like, oh, it's definitely going to fly. And then even if it doesn't just be like, oh, that was just a technical error and keep going. Is this how people build startups? Like, you know, you just do something and keep going. I, I do feel you just, um, Aaron, our, our dad joke guest, when we yeah. did our diversity episode, um, yeah. he would be very proud of you, Smita, with how do you make paper planes? You just wing it. Oh, I should tell him. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's funny. He's listening. Honey. He's listening. Aaron, we love you. We think of you fondly. And whenever we make crappy jokes, we say, oh, Aaron would love this joke because it's a dad yeah. joke. <laughs> Every time we think of bad jokes, we think of you, Aaron. Yes. Yeah. Let's we see. love you.
I was going to say, I love that you tried stand-up and you realized it wasn't for you. Oh, I didn't even try it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm one of these people where I'm like, if I even have a hunch, I'm not going to like it. I don't even bother. Like swimming. Like, I really don't like swimming. I can't know that you don't like swimming until you try swimming. You can't have a hunch about that. No, I don't. No, but I, I have swum too. That's okay. actually a, not a good example. Can you throw yourself off a mountain wearing wings? What's that one called? Hand gliding. That will never happen. I mean, I love looking at those people. That is amazing. But never. That is not happening. The thing is, I like to say about stand-up is that the reason I do it is because I like to get validation from strangers and bars, but I have self-esteem. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's something about that. I feel like you have to be wired a certain way to find that an interesting prospect. Well, it's in terms of, the, I think people, like I know a woman who's a quilter and the quilts that she makes are always one foot by one foot. And you might think, well, wait, don't people, like you're a quilter, you would make, you would normally make a quilt that would fit, hey, at least a full-size bed. But no, her quilts are always one foot by one foot. I think each of us, our creativity shows up in different ways. You have to say, I feel that the one foot uh, square foot quilt uh, is the dad's joke of quilts. Like, just because you call it a quilt doesn't make it a quilt. And so it's not a joke. A quilt that doesn't fit over anything is not a quilt. I'm sorry, you can call it a quilt, it's not a quilt. So quilt equals dad joke. And well, I'm not going to apologize for that. But we're you. not apologizing. No apologies. It could be a nice centerpiece. It could on be a table. Oh, I was thinking she could get like, you know, 25 or 36 pieces of this, you know, quilts and make a bigger quilt. I wonder, has she attempted? I mean, what does she do with them? Does she use them decoratively? This is very intriguing. They, they hang on the wall. They're, they become wall hangings. Oh, and do yeah. they have like inspirational quotes on them? Like, hold them close. The days are long. No, they're, they're real. They're quite... They're quite beautiful. How did you decide that your strength, because that feels quite niche, that your, your strength was telling a story and then having a punchline? When I'm telling stories, the funny happens spontaneously. And so I was like, okay, that's that. I was curious, like, often when you ask people about them doing stand-up, they'll tell some version of the story where they tried it and they were bitten by the bug. Like, they went up and they just had that high where they connected with the audience, even if just for a brief moment. And um, I was thinking, like, did you have a similar moment like that with storytelling? Oh, absolutely. So I did my first piece when I was 40. It was about what happened, actually, when the babysitter took the kids to the park in our neighborhood. And I, I got to perform it. And it was the best 20 minutes of my, like, the last 15 years of my life. You have the audience. You can tell when they're with you. And they were with me and, uh, and that was so, it was so lovely to have them with me. And I don't know if you ever do links, but I could actually link to that performance um, mm -hmm. on your website. So listeners could, could hear what happened um, when my, when my kids went to, when the babysitter took the kids to the park. <laughs> so I was like, the thing is like with stand up, it's very iterative, right? Like we can try one joke at a time. And then that you, it, it's that you can, you can take baby steps to figure out what you want to say, but like. A 20-minute piece, you just kind of take it out there, right? So were you nervous before you put it out? I didn't know what the audience reaction was going to be, but I felt pretty confident because you're getting this together with a group of like-minded performers and you're in community and they're actually supportive and they're actually like telling you that's funny or that's not working or keep that, you know, keep that going. Yeah. So, you know, I did Date Night at Pet Emergency and Dragon in the Drop-Off Lane. They got extended. But, you know, maybe, you know, when you're when you're needing to try to get people to come to a theater, 
you know, maybe you get eight, 10 performances tops of something that sometimes, you know, I worked on those shows for three years each. Because work from home, well, that's fun. I like I slapped it together with duct tape and bailing wire over the course of a few months. And because I'm performing it online as this interactive comedy show, I've gotten to do dozens and dozens of performances. I've never gotten to perform material this much. And so it, it's such a joy, right? Because you know when you're doing it, you're like, this is the absolute best version that it can be. And then when I'm so excited, now that things are opening up, yeah. and so I now get to adapt this performance from the online world to actually being with people. It's such a trip. I've never done that before. We're in such a weird time, right? But I'm doing a lot of material that I worked out during the pandemic in, in virtual mics that are now part of, you know, they're part of my set now. It's really nice to have these jokes that kind of work on Zoom, and then all of a sudden like really land in the, in the real world. Like, wow, this is a great joke. I didn't realize. Yeah, no, I imagine that must be really gratifying. So work from home, this is going to be a real challenge for me because work from home, while that's fun, is very prop driven. Mm. Like I explain to people the layout of my house so they can really visualize what it means that my husband's desk is in the hallway right in front of the bathroom door. And mm. I talk about like I have these, I run 70 sound cues and some of those that are from a foot pedal. And some of those sound cues are like in order to make breakfast in the morning, like I have to, he has to roll his chair in like a bajillion times and I'm getting get by and he finally like just loses it with me. Now I can do that with a diagram and a wet erase marker as I take people on the journey of going through my house. I can do that virtually. How are we going to translate that and have it be as funny in person? It's a puzzle. Is your husband's desk against the bathroom door and how do we go? Like, I feel I need to pee just hearing you say that. Like I'm anxious now. Fact of the matter is, when he got right down to it, he really likes to be in the mix. And so he is like the troll at the bridge. Like you <laughs> cannot so how how much does he like to be in the mix? He like he loves mosh pits. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he loves it. But we had this bizarre conversation just a few months ago where we were talking about what art to hang on the wall. And it was very, very important to him, you know, what went up in the hallway around his desk. And he said with all sincerity, he's like, because this is the only space in the house that is mine. Oh, wow. And I laughed so hard, I started to cry because do you realize it is a shared common space that you are claiming as your own? Okay. Like, and so you, I, I was like, are you serious? And I also was crying because I was like, wait, I thought this was going to end when the pandemic did. But he's like, no, no, I'm never moving it. I love it here. Oh, dear. I blame the patriarchy. Oh, it's so patriarchy. This is patriarchy. The, he deserves his own reality show. Mm. Extreme man spread the COVID years. Home <laughs> office edition. Yes. That's another show we should pitch when we finally have that. It's an interesting one. I have to say, I feel divorces have happened over less, Lisa. You're, well, you're a warrior. And thank you. And then, well, but the thing is, I'm also a collaboration instructor. So that's the other deep irony about this is I teach people to sort out a situation like this so that everybody's needs get met. I get paid to do that. And yet I have a completely failed collaboration process happening in my own home. What do they say? Physician, treat thyself. Yeah. And those, those who can't teach. <laughs> well, okay. There's one last question. So you started your show at 40, which means that there were some years before that when you were busy with young kids and like, 
So all that time, were you like, I can't wait to do creative things? Or did it sort of hit you like a lightning in the middle or, you know? I was desperate to do creative things. I would sit there in the sandbox having an existential crisis of what am I doing here? How is this possible? Why all this sand? I hate sand. (laughs) I, I did a strengths inventory assessment. At that time, it's like my strengths are communication and relationships and achievement and harmony and analysis. And I would look at how I would spend my day where I was dealing with my poop and my kids' poop and the dog's poop for just hours and hours on end. And I was like, this has nothing to do with my strengths. No wonder I am miserable. The floodgates finally opened when all of a sudden I turned 40 and I had just a little bit more time. I love that we got to bathe in this wave of creativity then today. It's just the perfect way to um, end this lovely conversation. So plug it away, Lisa Rothman. Where can we find you? So if you head to lisaprize.com, you will get all the information you need in order to find out about the in-person as well as the online virtual happy hours and in-person happy hours that I do because I'd love to have you in my backyard. It's called that because you are eligible to win a prize every month. uh, I do a drawing and the lucky winner gets not only the work from home hero mug, (laughs) but also I will do a command performance either for your friends and family or the place that you work. So please head on over. Awesome. And Lanita, where can we find you? I, I, don't, I don't have prizes. I feel, I feel inferior. No, you are the prize. But some very, very funny bits of my stand-up and other choice little memes that I create at Lalita D Comedy on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Almost Favorite. And of course, our podcast, you can find us on Instagram at We Heart Mom Jokes. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, Lisa.